Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We are less than a year away from Aquaman now, so we are going to do sort of a crazy early preview prediction, talk about the film, what we want to see, that kind of stuff, maybe talk box office or things like that, even though... It's really pointless this early, but I think that's that's what makes it fun, it being pointless, right? Exactly. Yeah, so it's scheduled for Friday, December 21st of 2018. Sounds like a long whiz away. Um, I will say that could always change. I always say, you know, when you're a year, around a year or more out, uh, you could definitely see that date move, especially there's some competition around there. But right now we're just going to go with that date and assume that's what it is. And I think that's the best choice of, best chance of what it is. But um, yeah, so what, I mean... Big picture wise, Zach, what are you looking for in an Aquaman film? Yeah, in an Aquaman film, I am I'm looking for basically I want to see Atlantis. I, I'm so interested to see just like special effects wise and set design and um interaction between the characters, what is gonna be happening in Atlantis. And that not to say that I'm not interested in the story because I really am, but I think this is this is definitely a unique new kind of take on a superhero film because it's going to be there's going to be a lot of it underwater and i'm just really excited to see the different kinds of things they can do because you know we you see very similar things between some superhero films you see some of the same kind of like looking action sometimes Mm -hmm. even with different stories but like even that is going to have to be different in this film and that's i think that's what excites me the most yeah absolutely with so many especially next year so many superhero films coming out uh, it's it's easy for one to get lost in the shuffle and for it to stand out. You need to be something unique and, and different that we haven't seen before, before people start to tune out. And I think Aquaman is completely uncharted waters. Yeah. Uh, pun not really intended, but I mean, we've seen, we've seen almost every square inch of earth in a superhero battle. Uh, we've seen a lot of space and, and space, both in space movies and in space um, superhero movies in particular. And we've seen a lot of that. We haven't seen a ton of underwater, especially not in the superhero genre and especially not a film that will be, it's not going to be a hundred percent underwater. Um, right. There are obviously going to be land scenes and what percentage that ends up being. You know, I don't know if it's 50, 50 or if it's 75% underwater or what, but to have of the bulk of, a massive part of the story uh, being underwater is going to be so unique. An entire underwater civilization and culture and all of that. uh, It's very exciting to see what that could be like. Yeah, exactly. And just like going beyond that though, like, so we're both really excited for that, obviously, but just like story wise and character wise, I I think I'm really interested to, to see the origin of Aquaman just because, you know, he is not very, a very well-known character. If he is known, he's kind of known as a joke. Obviously that's changing now. Um, but just to see what basically what they decide, like how, what is his relationship to Atlantis, to his parents, to, to the other characters and what is he struggling with? Because, you know, he's kind of a mysterious character in justice league, which is the only place we've really seen him so far. Um, so, you know, like what has he been going through and what, what has led him to where he is now? Absolutely. And like you, like you mentioned, we did get a brief glimpse of Atlantis and the Aquaman and Mira in particular in Justice League. 
um, I think that gives us a, some idea. You know, we have a better idea of story-wise what this film will be, at least slightly, when it comes to the characters because of that. You know, we, it's clearly an uh, an Arthur Curry who seems like he spent a lot of time on Earth in on the surface, as well as he's aware of Atlantis. Uh, knows a little bit about that, although he doesn't feel like he belongs on either. And I think that's that's going to be a huge part of his personal journey, determining, you know, where do I belong? And I, I would guess he decides that he belongs on both. Um, right. But I, I would guess, you know, he, he it's going to be, you know, coming to grips. You know, this is a, a, a man who is destined to become the king of Atlantis. And, um, but he doesn't seem like he's ready to accept that. And I think that'll be that and, you know, the relationship with his half-brother, Orm, I think that will be the the main story of the film. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so, like you said, what we've seen in Justice League, do you, how much of that do you want it to impact or to be referenced or nodded to in the film? Do you want this to basically stand alone from Justice League? Or we, we really didn't see a lot, but do you want that to come into play at all? Oh, I think it will stand alone entirely. I, not necessarily conflict. Um, they're conflicting, but I don't, you know, it, all that tells us, it, all Justice League really tells us about Atlantis is that Arthur is hesitant to go there. Um, and that, and he's met Mira once, um, right. obviously their relationship is going to be key to the film, uh, Amber Heard's Mira, but you know, there's not a ton, uh, we can take from that visually. I expect it to be pretty similar. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if James won puts his own stamp on things and things look a little bit different, but basically, you know, the basic look of Atlantis, it wouldn't surprise me if that continues. Yeah. So with the underwaterness of it, it leaves potential for some unique action. I would say, uh, something we haven't seen before, you know, early descriptions from people said, you know, star Wars underwater, uh, in terms of battles like that. And it would be, you know, you hear weird descriptions, people riding around on sharks or, or armored sharks and different things like that from people who have seen footage. Um, it just sounds nuts. And I think there's a lot you can do underwater, both in terms of, you know, the Atlanteans fighting as, you know, action that way, as well as all of the creatures that exist underwater, you know, the, the ones we know about, you know, just as human, you know, we know sharks and and all that and whales and we'll probably see them and we'll probably see dolphins or something at some point but then we'll also see some of the specific creatures that were created for the the comics you know the the trench and sort of creepy characters you know james wan has talked about a little bit of horror stuff and you could definitely do that with the trench uh that appeared in the new 52 you can see that um is there anything in particular you want to see from that underwater action yeah the, i think the thing that is most interesting like like you said the kind of star wars underwater sort of thing is and we saw some of this at justice league is just even like everything is just so much different than what you're used to seeing and even like the background stuff like if you when he was like hitting step and steppenwolf and he runs into like pillars or something just it like puts up this big cloud of dust underwater and like stuff falls slowly because it's underwater and you know you can do all kinds of crazy stuff where you get to see the bubbles streaming off of their arms as they're punching and stuff and you can see probably shock waves underwater if you if you go fast enough oh we we did see that actually when he was swimming really fast and it's it's just cool because it's like you can't really see the air obviously but you can see the water and it's just cool to see those characters interacting with that 
yeah, everything everything just looks different, and it gives it sort of it's going to give it a fresh visual look, if nothing else. I'm I'm assuming. Um, I wonder how they're going to handle the speaking thing. Uh, James Wan has said they're not going to do the air bubbles like in Justice League. Um, so I'm I'm curious what that sounds like. If it just sounds like normal conversation with a little bit of water feel to it, or you know how they're going to handle that. That's going to be important. You know, for someone for a film that's going to have a lot of time underwater, you're going to have to have conversations underwater. Uh, you can't just say, let's swim to the surface and discuss it. So I'm curious what that sounds and maybe looks like. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's got to be a little bit different, but I, I'm hoping that they don't change it too much so that it's not like distracting the whole time. But I guess, I mean, if whatever little effect they do, you'll just kind of buy in after a couple minutes and not really notice anymore. So hopefully they just keep it mostly consistent so that when you see the like surface scenes, you don't just think like, oh yeah, that's what it's supposed to sound like. And then it's hard to understand them when you get back underwater right and, and now james wan his director james wan has described this as sort of a an a swashbuckling adventure the words he used in the past and sort of a an epic quest uh for something um and just sort of an a, sort of a flashback action adventure film like romancing the stone and ridges of the lost ark uh i think that gives us a good idea for the kind of feel he's going for you know he's traditionally done horror but he he has branched out a little bit and even in his horror you can you know like the conjuring films you can get a little bit of that uh sort of action and not action but adventure feel sort of um a feel to it that he he's capable of doing so i i really wonder how that's going to fit into displaying the world of atlantis and the world of the the surface dwellers yeah and i remember that was one of the first like early quotes we got about the film and i think that's what just immediately got me really excited because Raiders of the Lost Ark and Romancing the Stone are two of my favorite movies. And then also we heard things about Star Wars, another of my favorite movies. And so if it's anything like those movies, then I'm I'm totally on board. But again, just like I know we keep saying this, but being underwater is just going to make it so much different. And, you know, exploring the different parts of Atlantis, maybe looking for or going on a quest looking for that. Or maybe he's looking for Atlantis and that's what the quest is. And we're going to see him on the surface and then underwater and trying to figure out where Atlantis is before he finds it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping for a lot of Aquaman and Mirror. I'm sure we'll get it, but a lot of them teaming up and whatever their adventure is, it consists of them, a lot of them together because, you know, we've said in the past, they're really kind of a, the strange couple that both are deserving of being superheroes and, and they have powers and are capable of, uh, both can take care of themselves. Uh, so, which is kind of rare in the superhero genre. And I think that is, is another cool benefit to this. Yeah, definitely. Now villain wise, we know black Manta's in the film, but it sounds like ocean master, Patrick Wilson's ocean master will be the main antagonist. Um, anything in particular you're wanting to see from that, you know, this is, we've seen the, the half brother or, or brotherly relationships before in the past. Um, is there anything in particular you want to see with that? Yeah. And it- you know, when James Wan was asked about this, because people are talking about how there's maybe too many villains, and then he almost walked it back to the point of there are no villains. He, I don't think he wanted to commit to saying that anybody was a villain. He very explicitly said that Ocean Master was an antagonist. Um, and so I'm hoping that, and I, I don't think that would be this, like, I don't think Ocean Master would be like the must, mustache twirling evil man who just wants to take over the world. I think he is definitely going to have some maybe kind of valid points that he's trying to make and you know he's justified in his own mind even if if we ultimately want aquaman to win and don't really agree with the way the ocean master is doing it 
Um, and so I think we're going to see that kind of division amongst the Atlanteans maybe, and some are going to support Ocean Master, some won't. And so I'm, I'm hoping that throughout most of the film, they're basically just like talking to each other, not really fighting, but you just kind of see slowly their sort of ideal ideologies drifting farther and farther apart. And that what, that's what ends up actually turning them into um, like enemies at the end of the film. Yeah, that's, that's basically exactly what I want to, what I want to see. Ocean master. He's got some points. Um, you know, he's, he's still a bad guy and he, he still goes about it the wrong way, but he does have some points when it comes to, you know, uh, everything, you know, the surface dwellers doing things, wrong that's not necessarily to the benefit of the uh, the atlanteans so he definitely has some points there and you know not to mention why would you why would you want a king who doesn't you know who spent most of his time on on land why would you want him and so i I think he has some good points there and i think that can lead to a really interesting conflict rather than the mustache twirling villain like you said yeah for sure and one of the other great things about aquaman too and i think james wan is it gets this perfectly they you know they they talked about he he sort of had his choice of maybe a couple different characters maybe like flash he could also direct a film for and he chose aquaman very specifically because he wanted to you know create his own world and aquaman is a great character because there's not a lot of preconceived notions you know he doesn't have a successful tv show he hasn't really had any live action appearances he was basically a joke before this and so there's just there's so much potential of of things that they can do with this character to really make make him new and unique and to to just start basically a new kind of Aquaman legend. Absolutely, that's definitely a benefit that this film has going for it. You you can't see Aquaman or, or action like this anywhere else. And so it's definitely it's to the general public Aquaman is a blank blank slate. So there's not going to be sort of expectations people bringing in baggage of well, you know, Aquaman lived on earth till he was however old you know nobody has expectations like that uh some fans will you know fans of the character and you know i I might even have expectations for certain things but i'll try you know always try to block those out and but yeah most people going in are going to go in to see jason momoa and amber heard underwater and you know that's it and uh they'll be really learning about aquaman for the first time in detail in this film and that that's a huge benefit to it yeah, and that's something we maybe haven't even talked about at all. Is just how amazing is Jason Momoa, and like how great of casting is that, and how great that they got him to play Aquaman. Because, I mean, we haven't we've seen him for a f- not that much that long yet, but I already cannot imagine anybody else as Aquaman. Yeah, he definitely he he brings a presence um, to the character. You know, he you can see why he would. You know, he's got the those king like qualities, I guess. Uh, you know, almost royalty, but then he's also can have fun while, you know, he can be angry, you know, grumpy Aquaman, which is kind of fun. And he can also, uh, have a little bit of fun when he's in on the action. So, um, that will be fun. And yeah, Jason Momoa and Amber Heard's interactions are what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah. So I guess just for fun, since we are less than a year out now, box office wise do you have a ballpark figure of where you think this film could could end up all right so let's see wonder woman what ended up at 820 right just Uh, over yeah so i think let's say seven seven hundred seven twenty five seven twenty five i'm gonna i'm gonna go with seven (laughs) twenty five 
I, yeah, obviously it depends on a ton of factors, including, you know, most importantly, how good is the film? Uh, and, uh, I was going to say seven fifty, which seems like, seems like a lot. seems like, um, a ton. I think that depends, you know, that comes from me assuming it's going to be a, a you know, not fair, but you know, hoping it's uh, going to be a good film. Mm-hmm. James Wan has a pretty good track record. Um, and also the fact that with it being its first of its kind, if it is good, the films always get a big first of its kind bonus. So next year is really going to test things box office wise. Cause there is over 10, um, that, you know, we're in double digit superhero films getting theatrically released next year. I think there's something like eight Marvel films, teen Titan, you know, Aquaman, teen Titans go to the movies. The second Incredibles film comes out. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're talking like Aquaman being the last, the very last of 11 something like that superhero films traditional superhero films so i could definitely see people being burnt out um but that also could lead to the potential of something being unique they might wait up for aquaman and so if it is good it gets that kind of it could get that kind of bonus wonder woman got for being the first great female superhero-led film yeah it's definitely Uh, got the uniqueness going for it but like you said it's it is kind of tricky hoping just hoping that the general audience isn't tired of superheroes at that point since it's the last one coming out right yeah my, and my hope is it's embraced and you know you know that first of the kind bonus like avengers got for being the first team up film that, that exploded the box office beyond predictions um avatar obviously the mo- the biggest example of that uh you know but something that even dates back to being you know superman the movie in 1978 and got but a box office bonus for being the first of its kind. So if it's successful and really shows this underwater world, it's something unique. And, uh, that's why I'm, I'm hopeful it will catch on. Yeah. Anything else? Are you just, uh, waiting for the first, some more photos and first real footage right now? Yeah. The first footage is what I really want to see. I know that they've been, they've been shooting for a while now and, the special effects post-production stuff is going to take a long time just because there is so much, um, you know, underwater stuff to do. So I, this will probably also be kind of a case of like some of the other films that as the trailers go along, we'll see just, if you look closely in the background, you'll probably see some of the background elements get clearer or get more detail and stuff. But yeah, I'm just really excited to see some of that action, some actual moving photos <laughs> yeah, of, these, absolutely. of these characters. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of tough to predict when we will see that, you know, typically we get our first teaser like 11 months out. It's possible that they wait a little bit longer just because of the special effects and, and getting everything right for underwater stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. That is our Aquaman one year out preview. So thanks for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and dcdailydrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.